This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. And welcome back to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host John. And this week, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Wow, what what excitement we have here on this great day talking about this film. Full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. After a successful mission, Quill and his team of galactic defenders meet Ego, a man claiming to be Quill's father. However, they soon learn some disturbing truth about Ego. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, what did you think? Wow. This came out in 2017, almost 60 years ago. And I'm like, wow, this still holds up today. This is such an amazing film. Like, a long time ago, we were blasting the soundtrack just every day. Every time mm. we talked to each other, we yeah. would just talk about the soundtrack or listen to the soundtrack while we talk. It was just a great film to watch back then. But <laughs> I'm just looking at the cast. It's still... Chris Pratt, he's just had that same picture of everyone over and over <laughs> From and over Mario. Again. From Mario, oh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, it's, good. It's like the reverse image of the Giga Chad meme. It's just like <laughs> that. But then you have the Chris Pratt one there. Um, nice. The man knows bangers. He knows bangers after bangers. <laughs> he knows how to put them in the film. And Mr. Blue Sky, oh, that was such a great intro. I was like, yep. This this is about to be cinema, this entire sequence at the beginning of the film. And there was a lot into this film, but I thought that, that was handled very well in terms of characters, in their character arcs as well. But yeah, we got a lot more exploration and more emotional arcs this time. <laughs> I'm not oh, waiting for the third God. one. What about you? Walk with me for a second, John. Mm-hmm. This is the best MCU movie. I don't care. This is the best. We have rewatched, I think, 10 roughly MCU movies, atop of like all like, the new stuff that's come out in the last year. And this one, far and away, slaps them all in the face. This is perfection. I was so, like, you know, I always thought, you know, Guardians 2 is great, but it's not as good as the first movie. Nah. Fuck that. This is genuinely a fantastic, fantastic film. I, the whole time, was just captivated by the way that it was made and the way that it was shot and edited and the way that it explored its characters and the emotional moments and the comedy. Everything worked. And I just thought it was pitch perfect. It's generally the only MCU movie that I struggle to criticize. I loved it. I genuinely loved it. This is, I would say this is the best MCU movie. Yes. Okay. This is kind of strange. You did say, this is a long time ago, this, like when this film came out, you said, this is the best MCU movie. When it, of course when it came I out. did. Oh, yeah. That makes so much sense. Because it is. Yeah. It you is. were like, this is the best MCU movie. I was like, eh, I mean, sure. But now, yeah. I mean, that's your take. Yeah. Uh, I can see definitely what you talked about with Guardians and the way the movie handles with everything. But yeah, that is a really interesting take on that because I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy as like the best MCU movie, but I thought it was a really, really good film where it stands in the MCU. But yeah, it's definitely in the top three, I would say, because you got Guardians of the Galaxy and then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and then Uh 
I put Infinity War, and those are the top mm. best mm. three that I could think of. And then the fourth is Black Panther. Um, oh yeah, no, I think I'd be inclined to agree with you, maybe in a different order. But yeah. I think I'd probably swap out Infinity War for the first Avengers. But then again, I haven't rewatched Infinity War, the Captain America films. You know, films that I've always thought were great, and yeah. you know, rewatching them years after the fact. Like I haven't watched this movie since 2018, before Infinity War came out. So it's been nearly five years since I watched this one, and mm. that definitely was so great to come back to it and realize yeah. oh my god <laughs> like first of all <laughs> this must be the most beautiful mcu movie like holy yeah. cow oh definitely definitely this yeah. is every frame is a painting in this movie it just is shot to perfection like I watched it on the IMAX enhanced version, which I really do like watching for uh, the MC movies that have it on Disney Plus. And even when the aspect ratio wasn't in the IMAX ratio, everything, whether it be like the close-up shots of the actors, which really the acting is just oh superb. Uh, and even if it's that, you can see the way that it's framed and the way that it showcases emotion. Can I just we'll talk about the ending a bit more, I'm sure, but the final shot of this movie is uh, a raccoon, a CGI raccoon. <laughs> crying and it's oh, one of the most no, painful shots third one. <laughs> in anything yeah. like it's, it is genuinely so incredible how this movie is put together like in its visuals like the cgi there's a lot of cgi but it really is just flawless in every single way it never yeah. took me out of it i was never kind of like oh that looks a bit weird no no it just consistently was fantastic there's there's a bit at the end when they all drop out of the ship and they all land on Ego, and, and the camera kind of rotates around them, and oh, yeah. I let out a squeal that <laughs> was a bit embarrassing. I was probably like, oh! A squeal? Like, yes, oh, I pro oh, I, yes. I properly squealed, because I was just so excited at how James Gunn was using the camera, and how, you know, like, as much as I love Avengers, and, and that's probably my second favourite MCU movie, in terms of cinematography, it does leave a little bit to be desired. As much as I like the cinematography of that movie, this one is, is it what I want every comic book film to look like. And your shots like that just made me giddy. Because cinema, right? Cinema. Yeah, there was some amazing sequences. The opening we did talk about, but my favourite one, Ooh, yeah, uh, the sequence where Yondu yes! and Rocket were getting out of the ship, and it was so, so awesome. good. It was yeah, so, fantastic. so good. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I just loved how James Gunn used the characters in, in scenes and used it really well to fit in with their arcs and, you know, you're trying to figure out, like, what was their end game for the film, you know. This is a journey with them. And, ah, mm. oh, that scene, I just love that scene because it just fits everything into Because, one, it's like what Yondu was saying after that scene happened. It was like, you're like me. Yeah, It is. They're exactly like each other. And the music just works as well. And it's just chaos. And there's that final bit of that sequence where Rocket was shooting and then they were both laughing. Yeah, they were just both laughing. Yes, they were just get, having and a then good time. It changed into a bird's eye view of entire ship yes like everyone getting destroyed and i was just like yeah cinema. yeah and the camera cinema is spinning cinema. around it yeah. really is just fantastic in that three minute four minute sequence alone there is more creativity in the action and in the cinematography than you get in some action movies for their entire runtime like yeah. all the different creative ways that they display yondu like shooting there's where he like the arrow goes through the thing that's holding one of the ships up and the ship crushes them the arrow kind of like smashes into the light and then like the the red of the arrow is cutting into the darkness and 
spinning into people. It's just like they do like slow motion shots and then the arrow sets on fire at the end. And as you say, Rocket's kind of getting in on it. Brilliant. I want to say that Yondu and Rocket are the MVPs of this movie, but every single character is done so well. Like, um, get can gone. I say something before we get into the characters that quick? Yeah, but, please do, uh, please do. <laughs> what I realised, uh, there's like a, a detail, you might call this, but they changed the bit of the music. They uh, did, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, you know, they changed it into like an opera type. Brilliant, musical. I'd forgotten about Brilliant. that. And I was yeah. just like, this is great, what the, what is this? <laughs> this is so good. Anyway, yes, characters, let's... Oh my god, Drax. Drax is my favorite. Yes. Drax, I was going to yes. say Drax is pitch perfect. I did speak when we, when we covered the first movie. I said, you know, Drax kind of becomes a caricature of himself. And yeah. while on some levels that is true, he's always, you know, giving a big laughs and always making jokes. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. But that all works so well. Like the, the dynamics in all the characters, like this kind of family dynamic is so great. But what I love so much about Drax and about James Gunn's writing and also about Dave Bautista as a performer is the quiet moments are just yeah they're like i don't even know the words to describe them like when um, drax and immaculate. mantis are w- immaculate, um, immaculate. There, there we go when drax and mantis are sitting down together he's telling her a story about taking his daughter to this like lake and how beautiful it was and how much he misses her and you can tell that there's a quiet sadness in drax's voice but he's keeping it inside and then mantis touches him and she's overwhelmed with emotion and she starts weeping. And it really is just brilliant. And there are other moments like at the end when Drax says to Mantis, you're beautiful on the inside. Fantastic. Like, Fantastic. What, I, what's going on? It, it, like it, it, it doesn't pull its punches with, with any element of the film. It goes so hard, just consistently for two hours hard. and 20 minutes. Yes. And the quiet moments in the film are just superb in, in terms of like you know as i said earlier you explore the characters and that beautiful moment between drax and mantis was just so good because usually in the mcu it's kind of hard to find the quieter moments in terms of characters because they might just not get that dynamic between the other characters or you don't find anything really interesting in that because the mcu right now is just overcrowded with lots of characters and you just feel like oh this is a lot but this film this film especially knows what to do with his characters like james gunn can we just have mantis and, and drax and get them all interact and there was not a single scene that wasted and you just get to see everyone shining their characters and performance and the muse on send yes the muse on send is just so incredible in this film yeah, Drax. I really love Drax. It's just like how Dave Bautista just acts at him. Like the laughing, he's like, ha, ha, ha. It's so over the top. It's just so funny. And yeah. You can see in the four months between Guardians 1 and 2 that Drax has kind of let go of some of his pain and some of his anger. And he mm. kind of has fun with things more often. As you say, with his laughing, there's always just really some good moments. And I, I think that the comedy in this movie, MCU comedy is always up and down for me. And, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying that every single joke worked for this movie but it's damn close there's not many jokes where i didn't laugh like at the beginning drax is like oh yeah i've got sensitive nipples and at the <laughs> end when he puts on the jetpack and he finds a way and he goes oh my nipples just <laughs> hilarious my favorite bit with drax was when everyone was landed down onto ego's core and oh it was like God. very dramatic yes. like they were looking around yes. like looking badass they were just trying to do everything what they can and then it was a great piece of shooting right there <laughs> and then 
this rock just hits Mantis and the music starts. And then Drax says, Mantis, look out! It's just <laughs> after she's been knocked it's out. So it's so funny. It's so funny. It's perfect. Yeah, no, this mo- like just like the comedy in this movie is so good. And oh like, you know, God. even when like the Guardians are arguing with each other, especially at the beginning, like mm. it all works really, really well. But also they use those silly moments to the benefit of the emotion later on. Like when the ship explodes and Peter and Yondu fly out and peter's like ha, you like mary poppins and yondu's like is he cool and he's like heck yeah he's cool and it's like i'm mary poppins y'all and that uh. really kind of like can we just take a moment to realize like at least to me unless something changes when i rewatch something but james gunn has the best movie of phase two and phase three and phase four if you count the holiday special like what oh, phase four the man is a wizard how does he, he know how I to don't cook no he knows he how knows to how cook, to cook. I don't expect Guardians 3 to be as good as 1 or 2. I just don't. I just... He would have to do something really, really great to do that. Uh, I have no doubt Guardians 3 is going to be amazing, but I don't think it's going to be that good. Like, you know, I'm being realistic here, but... You you, you are. The the man has delivered so many times that I just think that he's he's genius. After last night, watching Guardians 2, I was just like, I can't can't believe it. I just can't believe... Like... I, I was already thinking to myself, yeah, Guardians 2 might be the best sequel in, in the MCU, but wow, wow, just like, again, I, I just feel giddy, like, thinking about it, 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 it yeah. everything, when it comes to, like, Peter as well, there's a really, really great oh, moment. I know what moment you're talking about, but yes. talk it, please yes. talk about where it. where Ego is saying, is there no other purpose to life? You know, you are one in billions of trillions, you mm. are nothing without me and without being a god, what other purpose is there to life? than this, than being everywhere, than no longer being alone. And Yondu says to him, I don't use my head when I use the arrow, I use my heart. And Peter thinks inside of him and he thinks all these moments, just him and his mom listening to music, Rocket and him just like flying, him and Drax laughing, him and Gamora when they're about to kiss in volume one, Yondu teaching young Quill how to shoot. And we get the chain by Fleetwood Mac starting to play. And oh, Peter man. takes control and then starts to fight Ego. And it's just, it's brilliant. I In literally that. zero words, it conveys the beauty of love and friendship. And I think that's what this movie is about. It's about love. It's about accepting love for yourself and for other people. Everything on character. That's what it's about. It's about loving yourself and loving other people. It's like the final scene with Gamora and Nebula when Gamora hugs Nebula and Nebula just doesn't know how to react. But then she puts her hand on Gamora's back. And just that one moment, Nebula accepts love for herself. Like, what? Who allowed James Gunn to do this? That's incredible. That is, uh, uh, like, just on another level. The film sets it up at the beginning with Rocket and Quill just, like, trying to work together. But Mm. the idea of teamwork hasn't really established a lot in this film. But it is, at the end of the film, like, they fully work together. They know what they're doing. And the character arcs just work together so well. It's so damn good. I love, love, love everything about this film. I might be making this up, but I remember there was a lot of criticism for the Sovereign. They weren't an important oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the story, but I liked them because yeah, um, I, agree. I thought, one, it was a great way to build up to Ego, but also to show how excessive and evil they are. Because one, they use drones or something like that to kill them, and they, they see it as a video game. Like, literally. Yeah, it's like an arcade. 
it's like an arcade. They see it as a video game. They see it as like, oh, human beings or other creatures, they don't matter to us or anything like that. And they think they're better than them. Like, literally, this is the whole idea of the film that sets it up. Like, Ego thinks being as a god is better than being bad and everyone is immortal. But there's, there's one thing there's about it and you gotta use your heart. And using your heart is, well, the solution for the film, for the characters. And I love it. It's just for Rockets, for... Yondu and it's for Peter. Ah, it just works together so well. <laughs> it's it's, oh it's fantastic. God. And you bring up something that I hadn't even considered. It just goes to show how layered this movie is and how you can watch it however many times and there's always a different way to look at it. That all the villains have this superiority complex, whether it be Ego or Aisha or Taserface. Wait, and it's his all name about is Ego. Yeah, his yeah, name's yeah, Ego. exactly. It's all about like superiority, and you know they all have huge egos, and that's what it's all like about. And yeah, you're right. The sovereign aren't as integrated into the plot as the other two villains, but every time they show up, they're always so much fun to watch. And you know, <laughs> we're gonna get some of Adam Warlock, obviously, in oh uh, yeah, in Guardians Three, which I'm really excited for. But you know, just like seeing them, and and and, and you know, like, the way that it all comes back to Rocket's mistakes and the things that he does for no good reason. And because, you know, he is petty and because he doesn't have that love for himself that we kind of touch upon in Guardians 1, his mistakes cause like, you know, the huge crash and cause that chain reaction, which also mm. causes Aisha to go to Yondu. And it's brilliant. And the way they show up at the end with Wham Bam Shangalang is... is... <laughs> is brilliant like what the hell like they're not even like you know a huge part of the narrative but they're just great like they're so cleverly integrated they're not just there for no reason they serve plots and thematic relevance and i think that's you know even if they're not defeated even if they're not there the whole time i think that is more important that brings me on to ego let's talk about ego and ego i have an email here from a listener alsteinfilmpod at gmail.com you can send it to your thoughts i will read it now hello there alstime film podcast just thought i'd share my thoughts on volume two this was easily one of my most anticipated mcu films and i thought it was great it certainly lived up to the hype of its predecessor the humor is in top form from group bringing someone's thumb to save the day to yondu kicking ass as the mcu's mary poppins and drax's ever so sensitive nipples the soundtrack is an absolute blast too. Awesome Mix Volume 2 gave us more classics from Mr. Blue Sky to the original track Guardians Inferno, which is still great in my mind. If I had one slight gripe with this film, it would be the reveal of the villain. Ego is the main bad, but it isn't revealed until right at the very end of the climax of the film. Sometimes ah. when watching, it can feel like there's no urgency or stakes for our heroes. I can understand the effect, though, as it's meant to shock Quill and take him by surprise, and I guess that was the intention for the audience, too. I guess I was looking for a classic moustache-twirling villain in this one, but can understand the approach they made. Roll on volume three. Thanks for the pod, gentlemen. Sam. Thank you for the thanks. email. Thanks, thanks Sam. Email. Fantastic. Thanks, Sam. What are your take on that? What, what do you think about that's, Ego? That's, do, um... do, do you agree with Sam about the, the lack of moustache-twirlingness of him? Um... Okay, so let's define what a mustache twirly villain is. It's like, ha ha ha, now I'm going to take over the world. Ho ho ho. Like that? Yeah, I I, th- I think so. Like, you know, like okay, somebody okay. Who, who's very kind of like unapologetically evil the whole time. You know, yes. you're kind of Emperor Palpatine's who's just, this ah, man yeah, is yeah. evil and he loves doing it. Yeah, okay. He loves doing it. We don't know why, but yeah. There is an element of that when it comes to Ego because he does want to take over the entire universe with this thing called the Enterprise. Yeah, with the, the is no expansion. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Not the Enterprise. The He's part. got the Enterprise from Star Trek. He's like, <laughs> I have done it. I've I done have it to rule the world. 
I've got Spock with me, with the Enterprise, no, with the expansion. There was this idea, but we don't really know why he's doing it, really. But there was this element of being a god, really. He thought of that of his entire lifespan. He was just trying to get planets or he's trying to, you know, plant them. And then there was a bit of emotional weight to it, but not a lot with Quill's mother and with Ego. I mean, the opening did it really, like, they showed their relationship, but I kind of wish there was more emotional impact with that, but then again, it is how evil he is, like, literally, ah, it's so sad, like, he plants that tumour in her head, and that shot where Peter's like, what? Like, that, um, dolly zoom The dolly zoom. zoom. Yeah, and his reaction to that from Peter is like, I know, I know, and man, yeah, he, yeah. he is. I know that kinda, sounds yeah. bad. It's like I yeah. know that that sounds bad. Yes, please don't. No, um, what, was, what was that accent? Sorry, I don't know. I'm sorry. That was incredible. Um, it was your very greatest Kurt Russell, apparently. I know, I know that sounds. I know it bad. sounds bad, boy. I know That's that sounds like kind of bad. I'm just trying to sound like Kurt Russell. If Kurt Russell hears this, I'm sorry. Something tells me that Kurt Russell isn't listening, John. Something in the back of my mind well, tells well, me that he's well, not listening well, right now. Well, he, he might have his people and like, mm, we got this person who sounds like you. Like, what? What? <laughs> sounds like me. And then he's, he's going to hunt like, you down. He's going to be like, escape from LA. He's going to be like buff like that. He's going to hunt me down. He's going to be like, I'm going I'm to find you. But no. Yeah, Kurt Russell. I thought it was great as Ego. Yeah, he was kind of a bit mustache twirly. But then again, in the first time watching it, I didn't really expect to have like a evil reveal type because Gamora, it, this is kind of foreshadowed, like Gamora has said, if he turns evil, we'll kill him. Yes, they're so ready for that. For me, it's all in the performance for him. You get this scene where he kind of like, oh, you know, he's showboating and he's like, here's my entire existence. Here oh, are these presentations yeah. that I have prepared. And he kind of talks them through his whole like experience. And you see within him this loneliness. And later on, he kind of talks about how he wants to be everywhere and, and he will finally not be. There's a great bit where, where he yells, he's like, I will finally not be alone. And it, it, it's fantastic. I think that's all in it. I understand. I love a mustache twirling villain. I think Ronan in the first movie is that. I definitely think the villains in this one are a step up from last time. We criticized in our video on volume one that the villains did leave a little bit to be desired. I think this movie, I don't feel that at all. And I think that sometimes it doesn't work when a villain is trying to be trusting and then switch to being evil. Like, you know, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sharon Carter is completely like trustworthy and normal. And then as soon as she becomes the power broker, she changes and she's different. And she's very much like evil. To me, that doesn't track. To me, somebody can still be the same person, but just go too far. And I think Ego is that. He's the same person, but he's just a bit mad. And, and at the end, you know, he, he's just angry, but he's never like mustache twirly throughout. He comes off as reasonable because that's kind of how he's trying to present himself. I think that does work very, very well. Like when he talks to Peter about Brandy and the two of them talk about the song and what it represents and how, oh yeah, we're the we're the sailor in the song, don't you realize? And, 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 and you know, you can see part of him does want that relationship. And what I love so much is that he actually loved Meredith Quill. There's that moment where he takes the Walkman out and he listens to Brandy. And you can see that part of him genuinely would have liked just to have a life with her. Again, it fits into the themes that accepting love from others will help you love yourself. And that is a core of what the movie's about. And yeah. just like all good movies, the villain yeah. is the antithesis of that and is, you know, exactly why the themes of the movie work. So yeah, thanks for email, Sam. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, thank and, you and for everyone. Email. Yeah. Final thing that I want to talk about, Rocket Raccoon himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the whole ending with Yondu 
wow just perfection cinema L- literally i i have no i have no notes what do you think about the the whole ending uh the whole ending is just it's like a guidebook on how to end a film this is just amazing like the song father and son just sets that emotional spot with the undo scene oh, i forgot the quote yeah i know you know the quote um, <coughs> say it maybe you your father boy but he want your daddy. <laughs> Brutal. And the fact that Quill doesn't really realize what Yondu's trying to say. And in those final moments, Yondu, he puts the spacesuit on Quill and he holds him. He holds his face in his hands as he freezes up. And the music and Chris Pratt's performance as he's screaming and he's yelling, he's going, no, Yondu, no. Like, S tier. S tier. Yeah, yeah, it's S tier. I know what you're talking about. It's the goat. <laughs> the goat. The goat. Absolutely fantastic. And, And you know, then we get like Quill's monologue when he talks about, you know, sometimes the thing that you're looking for your whole life, sometimes it was right there next uh, to you. And as you say, with, with, with father and son, and when all the refugees come to pay their respects... To Yondu, a moment that really breaks me is Kraglin when he sees them and, and he goes, Yeah! And, and he just like he yells out because they, they've come and they are, you know, they're playing the horns at his funeral like Stakar said would never happen. It really hits you right in the feels. Yeah. And that music with Father and Son just swelling up into the chorus. Yes. <sighs> Incredible. Incredible. And, and... You know, like you get you get you get the wrapping up of every single plot line with yeah. you know Gamora talks about that unspoken thing between her and Peter and we already got like Nebula and Gamora reconciling and and, and Nebula leaving before that and Rocket just Rocket man. Uh... Those final moments where Rocket just says he didn't oh, no. chase them away. Even though he was mean to them, and he stole batteries that he didn't need. And Quill looks at him in that moment, and he just, he understands. He understands. That is just excellent storytelling. Yeah. I'm not ready for the third one, man. Can we just talk about quickly about the third one? They are going to destroy us. (laughs) They are going to destroy us. Like, we know how emotionally attached we are to these characters. And the soundtrack, James Gunn, yeah. if you did know, released his Guardians of the Galaxy 3 playlist. He did, yeah. And there's one song he brought back, which is Come Get Your Love. And yeah, and it's a different version. It's a, it's it's a re-recorded a version, version. A which is just like, oh, what are you going to do, James? What are you going to do? Please don't play it in a visual scene, James, please. I think it might be the thing that plays during the credits. I think we might just have to sit oh, there man. with that song playing. Like, that is just... Whew. Like, the idea that James Gunn has said, and this is all about finishing the story of the Guardians, and it's not about the wider MCU. This is about him closing up the story that he has been telling. I can't wait. And I, I think that we are in for a devastatingly incredible treat. Yep. I'm going to bring tissues, and people <laughs> and people are going to be like, you okay? And we're like, no. It's like, it's like that meme with two M&Ms talking to each other and there's one red m&m on the floor and then the yellow m&m's like you okay bro and then the red m&m's like no that's how i'm gonna feel after watching yeah. this film yeah yeah i hope nothing bad happens oh john you sweet innocent boy no please, <laughs> something please. bad will happen please please you oh, cannot yeah. alter my reality or expectation please i just want to live a good life just knowing that they're gonna be Ooh. okay we will see and we will let's be wrap that. it up okay <laughs> we'll um, be covering that in a couple of weeks yes guardians of the galaxy volume 2 out of 10 mm. now i'm very complex of like how to read it but i'm gonna go with a nine okay okay i mean 10 
10 baby i think it's generally the only mcu movie that i have given a 10 and you know what yeah fair enough it's a 10 for me i loved it so much thank you everybody for listening if you're listening on youtube and you enjoyed it you can like and subscribe if you want to see more and if you're listening on spotify you can follow us and give us a nice review next week we are doing the mandalorian season three which is gonna be fun to talk about we'll see and you can send us an email at outsidefilmpod at gmail.com just like sam you can let us know your thoughts on the Mandalorian season three and ask yes. us any questions and we will answer it right here on the podcast next week. We're kind of changing how we do emails now so we can do it, the email in the same video. It's going to be great. And you can follow us on Instagram at Alstein Film Board to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afzal and on Twitter for more thoughts from me. Thanks to L. Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. Yeah, that is everything. Thank you for listening and thank you for the theme and thank you for the email that Sam just wrote. Yeah, take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>